Well, good morning and happy Easter. Um, if you guys, I hope most of you were able to join us on this past Good Friday. As you could see on the video, we had such a special time. And I think every Good Friday when we're outside and we're taking communion together and worshiping together, there's just something special about it. And it, it didn't disappoint. It was a wonderful kickstart to this weekend. And, um, and today, I think it's going to be extra special today as well. Um, this morning, you know, as I was kind of just reading through this story in the Bible of the resurrection, and I was thinking about that particular moment when in the Bible, in, particularly in the book of Matthew, where the women are preparing all the herbs to go and take to wrap Jesus's body, and they end up coming back with the herbs, and the stone is rolled away, and they're immediately afraid, and the angel says in Matthew, he says, and the angel spoke to the women and said, don't be afraid. He said, I know you're looking for Jesus who was crucified. He isn't here. He has risen from the dead just as he said he, it would happen. So come and see where his body was laying. And I thought right there in that moment, you know, the stone was not rolled away so Jesus could get out. We know that it was, he, he was raised from the dead. He can walk through stone. He can walk through walls. He rolled that stone away so that we could go in and we could see. And that's the first thing they did is they went in and they looked. And then the angel told them, now go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead. And I thought, wow, you know, first we see, first we taste of his goodness, and then we go, and then we tell. And that's exactly what we're all about, not just on Easter, but every day of the week. We are about seeing the goodness of Jesus and sharing with the world how wonderful he is. So what a wonderful day to celebrate today. Happy Easter. Amen. And isn't she beautiful, everyone? Come on, that's my wife, Carrie, right there. Come on. <laughs> Man, so good to see everyone here this morning. The Easter Bunny even showed up. I don't know if you guys saw the Easter Bunny. I just want to let you know, in the 8.30 service this morning, we prayed that this would be the year the Easter Bunny bows his knee. And uh, so we're hoping that happens. I know all of our kids are across the street. Uh, we're, they're, 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 they're doing an Easter egg hunt. They're having, they're having a fantastic time. But how many enjoyed the, little, the dance they did for us at the beginning of the service? I was actually picking up on it. I was really tempted just to come up on the stage and join them. I just, I just loved that whole, you know, uh, all that kind of stuff. I, I just found that fa fascinating. And uh, so good to see everyone in their Easter best today. Uh, I noticed Dave was wearing a Hawaiian shirt this morning, which is like a miracle. Like that, that's, that's, a, that's transformation right there. Uh, we're grateful for that. Yesterday, if you didn't know, uh, Mateo and Aubrey uh, got married yesterday. And so, I don't know, I, I'm just going to, long shot, I'm sure, but if you're watching today, Mateo and Aubrey, uh, we want to we wanna congratulate you on your wedding, and uh, they're, they're headed off uh, on their honeymoon next week, but it was such a great wedding to be a part of, and just to see uh, young people getting hitched. I loved it. I love it. I love it. I love, I love young people getting married and having babies. I think it's the greatest thing in the world. So, so I'm just encouraging you all, let's multiply and build the kingdom of God together. Amen. Um, next week, just want to let you know there is going to be a baptism Sunday, and I've already a few people are talked have talked to me saying they want to get baptized next week, and uh, so that's always a fantastic time here at Elevate Ministries. If you have not uh, received baptism uh, since you've given your life to Christ. 
There's no, be- there's no better time to do it than here at Elevate Ministries uh, to just to, just to illustrate what's happened on the inside, ha- illustrated on the outside. We just encourage you uh, to, to sign up right there in the foyer. There's a booth there, and uh, they'll, they'll take down your name and give you all the instructions. But I, I just encourage you to do that. If you know someone that's not been baptized since they've received the Lord, I encourage them to, to, to be a part of that. And uh, we thank you for that. Also, uh, if you're giving this morning, you brought a tither, an offering to present to the Lord. There are envelopes on the, on the back side of the chairs. And uh, there's giving boxes at the exit. So if you're giving with a check or cash, you can just drop it in an envelope and then put it in the offering box on your way out. You can also scan that code uh, to, to give securely online or just right there on our app. Just hit give and you can give safely and securely that way. Uh, so grateful for a generous people. This church is full of, just look around, and you're going to see everywhere you look, all the way around, you're going to see generosity and people who are liberal uh, with their giving, and as a result, the blessing of God is on their life. And it's just amazing, amazing to see. We hear testimonies all of the time about people that have gotten favor from God, blessing from God, undeserved. All because he rose again, but, but we see the blessing of God on people's life when they just serve God and do what he says. Long obedience in the same direction pays off. Can somebody say amen? So this morning, I just want to thank every person here. Uh, maybe you haven't been around in a while. Uh, maybe you're joining us for the first time. Uh, maybe you've come with a family member. We just want to thank you for coming this morning to Elevate Ministries. We're so glad that you're here in the house of God. I think there's, there's no better place to be on this particular Sunday than in the house of God. And it's something that we think about, and, and this is a week that we consider, and, and we stop and we, 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 we stop kind of the normal business and the normal routines that we're in just to consider what Jesus did. I, I was so grateful on Friday night to be out in the amphitheater. What a wonderful night we had worshiping the Lord. I know many of you joined us on Friday uh, as we celebrated Good, Good Friday. We talked why, why is Good Friday, why is it considered good? Because it seems like if a, if a Savior is crucified and dies on Friday, that would be a bad Friday. Uh, but it, it's actually good. It's good for you and I. What Jesus did is good for you and I. That's why it's good. And, and just to be out, out there under the stars, worshiping the Lord, receiving communion together, just an amazing, amazing time. And it's, this is the week that we kind of think about and look forward to in our calendar year. And, and for me as a pastor, uh, it's, it's, it's something that we don't take lightly um, because Easter is a special day and it, it deserves a special, uh, some special attention. And I, I began to think about Easter in my life. I've, gone, I've been a part of Easter Sunday at church for, for my entire life, literally every, every Easter Sunday except two years ago. Many of you guys remember two years ago, uh, the world had basically shut down, uh, churches were closed, and it was like really heartbreaking, I know, for our members here. Uh, we wanted to be in the house because our value at Elevate Ministries is we're together, together, we're in person and on purpose. And so there's something about uh, being in person that's important when it comes to the, the kingdom of God, all right? If you're not in person, you're not in church, all right? You can stream, but it's not the same. It just, it just isn't. But but anyways, w- there were so many people that were missing the, the fellowship and the community that happens in the church that what we did is on Easter Sunday two years ago, we hosted what was a wave parade. All right, so we hadn't been together for over a month. 
because the church was closed and, and some people got together and said, you know what, on Easter Sunday, we've got to get together. And so we're going to do a wave parade. And so what, would ha what happened is, is everybody at a particular time, I think it was 3 o'clock in the afternoon, we all loaded up in our cars and we drove down the cul-de-sac right out in front of the church and we just waved to each other. That's what we did. We just kind of circled our cul-de-sac for, for about a half an hour and, and we were just waving. And some people had their windows rolled up and you try to go talk to them and they're like, stay away, you know. And, and and there was just all this craziness, but, but there were others that were just saying, you know what, I can't take it anymore. Jumping out of their cars and hugging and crying. And, and I, I recognized that, that what makes Easter special is when believers get together. <laughs> That's why it's so powerful is, 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 is Easter exists so that the, the body of Christ can celebrate what Jesus has done. And, and so what's insane to me is that was, only, that was two years ago. Some of you remember that wave parade. How many came on the wave parade? Let me see your hands. All right. Some of you would remember doing that. But, I mean, what was insane to me to think about is that that was two years ago. It seems like it was a lifetime ago. I mean, think of all the things that have transpired even since then. We've, we, we've, we've had this never-ending flow of chaos and drama and uncertainty and trauma. You think about right after, right after Easter, we, we, all of a sudden we were thrown into race wars in our nation and people were up against each other and yelling at each other and, and, and upset based on racial uh, reconciliation. There, there was the election that took place which divided our nation and, and um, all the drama that surrounded that. And, and then you had the, the vaccine that came out and everybody's, everybody's divided over that and the mandates and, and defiance on the police and and then you've got schools should they be open should they stay shut should our kids wear masks should they not what should we teach them about who they are and and you have all of those drama surrounding our educational system and then you've got free speech and fake news and cancel culture and you got Afghanistan and you've got Ukraine and we've got the stimulus yay and then we've got inflation boo i mean it's like it's like all this craziness that has gone on for the last two years isn't it amazing and i know i'm missing so much like i can't fit it all into this sermon and so as i sat there reflecting on all the things that transpired all of a sudden what hit me was this overwhelming realization that throughout this long journey god's been faithful like, like, like throughout this entire, all the stuff that we've gone through, all of, the, all of the problems in our world and all of the chaos associated with it, God has maintained to be more than enough. He's provided more than enough resource. He, he's given us more than enough benefit. He's provided more than enough blessing. And as people of God who carry the favor of God and the blessing of God and the benefit of God in our hearts, we declare that this is still the year of the favor of the Lord. Can I hear somebody shout amen? There's never been a better time in the history of the world for you to be a believer. How many believers we have in the room today? There's never been a better time for you to be in a spirit-filled church. It's never been. Even in the midst of a world filled with unbelievable chaos, we can still declare Jesus is Lord. We can still declare that he's seated at the right hand of the Father, that he's risen, he's conquered death, he's conquered hell, he's conquered the grave. When he died, we died. And when he was raised, we are raised. Can somebody shout amen? Romans. 
Paul writes it to, to, like this in Romans 8. He said, if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, then he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his spirit that lives in you. And so that's why not just on Easter Sunday, but every day of the week, we receive the blessing of wholeness, we receive the blessing of healing, we receive the blessing of health and resource, we receive prosperity and salvation and sanity, somebody say amen, and function, and every other thing that God provides, we receive it because his spirit is alive inside of us. James says this, that every good and perfect gift is from above. How many know that to be true? Come when you think about your life, you think about all that's happened and all that's transpired in your life, you recognize that everything that you have that's really valuable to you, it's come from God. And here's the great news about God is what happens second in this scripture. It says that he does not change. Go back, please. He does not change like shifting shadows. He's, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever, which means God's never had to apologize for an out-of-character moment. How many of you have had to apologize for an out-of-character moment? <laughs> well, our God has never had to apologize for something like that because they just don't exist for him. They exist for you and me, but they do not exist for him because he never changes. He's the same yesterday, today. He's got the same opinion of you today as he had yesterday. It's the same favor he has for you today as he did the day you were born. It's the same blessing because God looks at you through the filter of the shed blood of Jesus Christ. And he says to you this morning, he says, this is my beloved. God loves you with an everlasting love. John 3, 17. The Bible says that God didn't send Jesus into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. That's why every Sunday is Easter Sunday for the believer. So you might be here today, and maybe you've, you've come with a family member or a friend, and you might, you might be looking around and going, man, these guys are all excited today. And then you think to yourself, well, I guess I can kind of understand it's their Super Bowl. You know, it's the church's Super Bowl. It's when, so let's just let them celebrate Jesus. And, and maybe you think, well, next week it'll go, kind of go back to normal. Can I just tell you something today? It's like this every single week we get together. We worship the Lord with everything we have. It's as loud as it is today. It's just as loud next week and the week before and, 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 and since. We, and the reason is because is we've tapped into the fact that God is as good as Scripture says he is, and he can do everything that Scripture says he can do. That's what we believe. Come on, somebody. And so we're not here today to celebrate a dead faith. We're not here to celebrate a dead philosophy, a good teacher who has good teachings. We're not here to celebrate a prophet. We're not celebrating a cultural icon. We are here today to celebrate a risen Savior, a risen God who's now at the right hand of the Father. And today he's inviting us into relationship with him. There's never been a message as good as that. There's never been a message that you've ever heard in your life as good as that one. First Corinthians says this. It says, the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. Romans 1 says, Paul writes, he says, I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. And so for you and I, the gospel message 
It takes us to a bloody cross. And that's what we celebrated on Good Friday. We went and visited a bloody cross, but here's the great thing about salvation, is it doesn't leave us at a bloody cross. It doesn't leave us at a crucifixion, but yet it invites us into an empty tomb. And those of us who place our faith in Jesus, although we may die, and there's no guarantee that one of us and many of us won't taste death. In fact, all of us, if God tarries, we'll all taste death. But the fact is, because of what Jesus did, we will live again, somebody. First Corinthians says, oh, death, where is your sting? Hell, where is your victory? The reason death lost its sting is because now no longer death is final. The resurrection was a great exchange that took place. It was the single most important event in the history of the world. And although I may see death in the natural, and although we experience death in the natural, and all of us will taste death in the natural if God tarries, the fact is I will be raised again unto new life because the Bible says in 1 Thessalonians this, it says that the Lord himself can you picture this for a moment? We'll descend from heaven with a shout and the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet of God. And the Bible says that the dead in Christ will rise first. Come on, some of you have some family members that are just waiting for the return of Christ. Then we who are alive and remain will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus we will always be with the Lord. Come on, that's what it means to be a resurrected people. Come on, that's what we're looking forward to, that we'll be able to celebrate the reality of a Jesus that Dave talked about this morning that came riding into Jer Jerusalem on a donkey. But guess what? He's coming back on a white horse to claim a victorious bride. His church, you and I, we will raise together with him. That should make someone happy today. Give the Lord some praise. Thank you, God. Amen. So we're not just talking about a fancy theology, fa fancy philosophy, we're not talking about a religious ceremony. That's not what we're doing here this morning. That, that's not what this is all about. This is not just words. This is words that are demonstrated with power. And Paul wrote in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. He says, I didn't come to you with fancy words or excellent speech. I didn't come to you with wisdom. That's not what I came to you with. I, I, he, he says, my speech and my preaching were not persuasive because of my human wisdom. But I came to you in the demonstration of the spirit and of power so that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. You see, the reason I'm a believer today is not because someone talked me into it. The reason that I trust in God for my salvation is not because of some great eloquent words that someone spoke to me. The reason I'm a believer today is because I've experienced the Spirit of God, the power of God that's reached into this dead heart of mine and has brought me back to life. And this is the good news, that death cannot hold you. That we are in Christ. If you are a believer today, the Bible declares that you are in Christ. That you've been resurrected. The grave can't hold you. Sin can't hold you. Sickness can't hold you. Bondage can't hold you. Because when Jesus was raised, we were raised. Come on. Now we've been, now, now today we've been seated with God in heavenly places. How many believe that today? Come on. Picture yourself. He has seated you in heavenly realms. The Bible says that we are in Christ. Turn to your neighbor and say, you are in Christ. Why is that important? Why is it important that we are in Christ? 
Because, because the reason that's important is because salvation isn't something that happens to us. All right? It's not something that happens to us. It's not an event that happened to us. Salvation is something that happens in us. We are in Christ. God's Spirit is now dwelling in us. Do you believe that today? You are a carrier of the presence of God. As a believer in Christ, you hold the presence of an almighty God. And guess what? What the presence of God does inside of a life, it changes everything. The Bible says in Acts 17 that in him, somebody say in him, in him we move and live and have our being. In him. I think, I think a lot of times when we think about God, And I'm, I'm, I'm sharing this because this is kind of how I thought. I had this like picture of God in heaven. And I pictured God much different than Jesus. I had this picture of God up in heaven and, and maybe you had a similar kind of picture because of maybe a bad experience or you know, bad teaching or, or whatever. But I had developed a terrible image of God. And I kind of pictured God like, an, like, a, like a dark Gandalf. Does anybody know who Gandalf is? Like this just old, cranky old man, right? And he's just kind of waiting up in heaven to punish me for my last mistake. It's just, I, I, I pictured God as an unobtainable, way out there being. It's kind of like, you guys remember that game? Some, some arcades would have that game where, where, you, where you have that hammer, and then the little animals would come up and you'd try to bang them over the head. That's kind of how I pictured God. Like God was just the one with the hammer waiting for me to screw up so he could, he could just bang me over the head and, and punish me for the things I'd done wrong. It's a wrong image of God because, because the perfect image of God is a picture of Jesus. They're one and the same. And Jesus displays to us perfectly his example. We can read throughout through the Gospels. And when you read about Jesus, you discover the heart of the Father God. A God that loves us, who says, you are my beloved. In Matthew 11, Jesus says this. It's a picture of God calling us. He says, come unto me, all who are weary, all who are carrying heavy burdens. What's the scripture say? I will give you rest. This is Jesus echoing the heart of the Father. Jesus is the one. He's the, he's, he's the God that would pick us up out of the miry clay. That, that while in our darkest moment, while we were yet sinners, all of us have sinned. The Bible says the wages of sin is death. All of us have sinned. All of us have fallen short of the glory of God. Yet it was Jesus who picked us up out of the miry clay. It was Jesus that became sin for us. And together, because of the resurrection, you and I have new life. There's never been a better time for you to put your faith in Jesus. There's never been a better time for you to put your faith in the finished work of Jesus Christ. And let me tell you why. Because there's never been a message like this. There's never been a message like this. There's a lot of fancy philosophies. There's a lot of people in church today celebrating a dead religion. But let me tell you something. There's only one empty tomb. And the empty tomb is the only tourist attraction in all of the world that people line up to see what's not there. See, the stone wasn't rolled away for Jesus to get out. The stone was rolled away so that you could get in. Grab a hold of that today. So that you could be a witness. 
so that you could understand the resurrection power that flows from him to us. There's never been a better time for you to put your faith in Jesus. You know, I know the last couple of years have been crazy. I know that sometimes it can feel, depending on where you're at in life and what's going on around you, it can feel sometimes like the walls are kind of closing in around us. That the message just kind of, that the narrative and all the things that we're hearing on a constant basis just seems to kind of put this wet blanket of darkness over us. But I want to tell you something today. You are exactly where God positioned you. God planned for you to be here at this exact moment. And today, you are exactly where God has you to be. And if you are a believer in Christ and you are worshiping him today, you're worshiping him in the fullness of Christ. And let me tell you something, there's never been a better time to commit yourself to Jesus and being obedient to him in, in, in the long, in the same direction uh, for, for a long time. So regardless of what happens in this world, I know because of the resurrection, God has a final say. And God gets the last word. You know, there's a lot of, a lot of smart people and when they think about Jesus, they would acknowledge that he lived. They would acknowledge that he walked the face of the earth. Historians would, would acknowledge that Jesus was a, was a, was a real man. But, but a lot of them would look at the situation and say, well, yeah, but he died. I mean, the evidence is there that, that he died. And, and a dead man can't get out of the grave. It's just impossible. It doesn't make sense to believe something that, 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 that just can't happen. Trust the science. You know what I say to that? I say, trust the scriptures. Because it was prophesied that there would be one who comes. He would be an incarnate God. He would be the one that dwells with us. The Bible called his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. And even Jesus, as he's walking the face of the earth in Matthew 12, he prophesied about what was about to happen. And he said, just like the story Jonah, one that you'd be aware of, where Jonah was in the belly of a fish for three days and three nights. So the Son of Man will be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. What was Jesus doing? He was prophesying what was about to happen. And late, later on in John 12, he would say this. He would say, unless a grain of wheat or a seed falls into the ground and dies, buried into the ground, it remains alone, but if it dies, it will raise again and produce new life. It will produce much fruit. What was Jesus referring to? He was foreshadowing the resurrection, that one day there was a day coming when he would be crucified, where he would be, he'd be lowered into the earth and then raised to life through the Spirit of God. That's the Jesus we serve. And here's the thing. I'm not able to perfectly and eloquently explain the resurrection. I know many people today, I'm sure there's very there's there's pastors that have such great wisdom and they can they can go through the scriptures and they can they can they can articulate an amazing message to explain the resurrection and all of the the evidence about it and how it transpired. But here's the, here's the thing, I'm just going to be honest with you, that's not who I am. I can't explain the resurrection. But if you're a believer, the resurrection explains you. I don't have to explain the resurrection, because the resurrection explains who I am today. 
I remember being a 15-year-old kid. I shared a little bit about this on Good Friday. I've been, I've been raised in church my whole life. Like, I've been, on, I've been Easter Sunday service after Easter Sunday service. There'd been many times I would have, I would have come to the altar, because it's our custom to come to the altar and invite Jesus into my life. There would have been many occasions where I did that. There's been many occasions, and listen, every time it was a sincere thing. Because my life kind of, kind of looked like this. It was like this. And so I would live for God, and I would try with the best of my ability to live for God, but then I would just fail in the same area. And then I would, I would, I would, I would feel guilty about that, and, and I, would, I would kind of make up my mind that I'm gonna, I'm gonna do better this time. And I would pray, that sinner's prayer and I would go back and, and, and just seemed like every time I got in that situation I would always falter I would always fail I would always blow it again so it's very frustrating because inside I really wanted to do what's right like I really wanted to, to I wanted to live a righteous life but what I found even at a, as a young age is that I couldn't do it that by myself in my own power using my willpower as strong as it, as it was I'm a pretty determined person but even with all of the strength I had by myself I couldn't do what was right I would fail time and time again but I remember having a moment with God I was filled with guilt I'd done a bunch of stupid stuff I disappointed my parents I disappointed members of our church I, I, I was living a double life and I got caught and I just felt like I was disappointed in myself. And I, I had this guilt that was kind of on me. And I remember one particular day, I was, our, our, our family attended a, a regular conference. And I went to the, the Pico Rivera Sports Arena. And there was a message that was preached that day. It had nothing to do with salvation. But as I was sitting there, I just felt the desperate need I had for a Savior. And I don't know what the altar call was for, but I knew what I needed to do. That it was time for Adam to step aside and allow Jesus to step in. And I went down to the, to the, to the floor of this bowl arena. I knelt down and I began to ask Jesus into my life. I, I, I just emptied myself of trying to do it by myself, trying to do it on my own, trying to prove that I could do it. I emptied myself of that realizing I can't. I need you. And I gave my life to Jesus that day, and I'm telling you what, I felt something happen on the inside. It wasn't just, it wasn't just something that happened in my spirit, it was something that happened in my body. I remember running up to my dad, my heart hurts. My heart hurts, dad, my heart hurts. My dad's like, should we call 911? I'm like, no, no, and he just started laughing. He said, that's the spirit of God, Adam. That's the spirit of God. And I can honestly tell you, and you can, you can ask my parents that to be a witness. From that day forward, I was never the same. I was never the same. And so I can't explain the resurrection, but the resurrection explains me. And the resur resurrection explains many of you because we've been brought back to life. We've been raised to life. Uh, and some of you today, you can just vividly remember the day you surrendered your life and said, God, enough of me trying, enough of, enough, enough of my willpower. It's never worked. It's gotten me nowhere. God, I need you. And the moment you surrendered your life, I know that many of you would, would testify this morning that your life has never been the same. And here's the thing. I know a lot of us, 
maybe we're not where we want to be today some of us even as Christians we've been dealt some pretty tough blows in these past few years some of us came dragging in today some of us are carrying burdens or they're heavy today you may not be where you want to be but, but thank God you aren't where you used to be you deserve death but God gave you life you tried to end it but God ended up saving you you tried to run away but God always leaves the 99 to chase after the one and here's the truth none of it makes sense until you're the one guess what I was a one that God chased after and saved the great shepherd the one that numbers the hair on our head and the days of our life today he's calling us by name every single one of you you're not just an ambiguous person on the planet you are a person to God he knows your name he knows the details of your life and he says come out of the tombs come out of the graveyards of your past come out of your old habits and your old mindsets and old relationships come out of your comfort zone come out of what you've known trust an unknown future to a known God trust an uncertain present to a present and certain God and together let's be raised to life in Christ you know the whole this whole message is really built on this and I want to land the plane right here in Matthew story of the resurrection chapter 28 my wife talked a little bit about it in the beginning but I just want to read this with you I want to pull out just a few words that I want to leave you with today, okay? It says that, that after the Sabbath, as the first day of the week began to dawn, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary. How many would like to be the other Mary in the story? Like, I feel bad for her. Anyways, they came to see the tomb. This would be the cue for this. There you go. And behold, there was a great earthquake. For an angel of the Lord descended from heaven, and he came and he rolled back the stone from the door, and then he sat on it. His appearance was like lightning. His clothes were white as snow. The guards were so afraid of him, they shook and passed out. became like dead men. And the angel said to the women, Do not be afraid. For I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified, but he is not here. He is risen just as he said. Come and see the place where he laid. And then go quickly to tell his disciples, he is risen from the dead and is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. Now, now, now I have told you. Verse 8, I want to settle here. So the women hurried away from the tomb, afraid, yet filled with joy, and they ran to tell his disciples. Afraid, yet filled with joy. You know what I love about scripture? Is that scripture's always honest. It's always honest. You know, we think of that story, maybe we would picture ourselves, if we saw the angel, and, and the angel said, hey, he, he did just what he said, remember? I don't know, too many of us that would be super afraid. I feel like I'd be like jumping up and down, but. But there was something because of all the things that these women had been through, because of all the turmoil and chaos, all the things that they'd seen, all the things that they'd witnessed with their eyes, there was, there was something inside of them that, that, that even though the angel was declaring good news, they were still afraid. And what I love about scripture 
is that it's the same with us because in the middle of things that add uncertainty to your mind, in the middle of, of, of uncertainty and chaos and drama that you may be living in right this very moment, in the middle of pain and torment and depression, anxiety, all these things. Listen, all of us are facing many different circumstances in this room. So many different circumstances that would describe your situation today. And here's, here's the great thing is that you can be afraid and still experience unspeakable joy. They were afraid, yet filled with joy. And so that tells me that regardless of what you've been through, regardless of the heartbreak that you've experienced, regardless of the pain you've experienced, or, or the pain that you've caused, regardless of the uncertainty that surrounds your life at this moment or the chaos, you can be afraid, yet filled with joy. Come on, all over this room, you can be afraid, but filled with joy. I know that many of you, you you're here today, you're here this morning, and, and, and in this room, you, you find yourself maybe buried today. Like if you were to describe your situation, you'd say, man, I'm just buried. Some of you might be buried in, in, in debt, or buried by doubt, or buried in pain, or buried by disillusionment or discouragement. Can I try and reframe that for you today on this Easter Sunday, Resurrection Sunday? Maybe you haven't been buried. Maybe you've been planted. Because isn't that what Jesus said? Unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground, unless a seed falls into the ground and dies, it, will never, it, just, it dies alone. But once it dies, it can be sprung again to new life and bear much fruit. I want to tell you something today. God wants to resurrect some things in this room. God wants to resurrect some people this morning in this room. The Bible says in, in, in 1 Corinthians 5.17, if anyone, excuse me, 2 Corinthians, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things passed away. All things become new. On Resurrection Sunday, regardless of how you feel this morning, could you look up to where your help comes from this morning? Could you allow your soul just for a moment to magnify the Lord instead of the situation, instead of the circumstance, instead of your feelings? Could your soul look up to heaven and magnify the Lord? Could you see Jesus for who scripture says that he is? Could you see God as a loving father who's calling you and beckoning you back home saying, come unto me, all who are weary, afraid, carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Come on, Easter Sunday is a great day to put full faith and full trust in the finished work of Jesus Christ. The Lamb is worthy to receive the reward of his suffering. Come on, come on, look at this scripture with me real quick. Hebrews 12. For the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross afraid filled with joy come on I want you to just look at that scripture put your eyes on that scripture let me tell you something Jesus in the middle of, 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 of passion week when he recognized what was coming and he recognized what was about to happen to him you know that there was all kinds of fear in him you know there was all kinds of torment the Bible says he was tormented so much that that, that drops of blood were weeping from his head he was afraid Yet for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. You can be afraid, yet filled with joy. You know what that joy was? You know what the reward was? You. 
was me. It was you. The joy that was before him was your name and your family and your situation. Come on, it was, it's, it's your heartbreak. It was your sickness. That's the joy set before him was seeing you resurrected. Was seeing you no longer in death and darkness and despair. And yes, Jesus was afraid. And yes, Jesus had all kinds of different emotions tied up inside of him on that road to the cross. But guess what? He, he was filled with joy because he could see you. He could see you transformed and you changed and your life blessed and your life living the, the resurrected life that God called you to live. That's what Easter Sunday is all about. And today, maybe you're in this place. I want to, I want to declare to you today that Jesus went to the cross. Everything that we've been talking about, he did it for you. You are the joy. You are the reward. And guess what? Jesus is deserving of his reward. Maybe all over this room, you just close your eyes right where you're sitting. Close your eyes all over this place right where you're sitting. Maybe you're here today. You say, you know what? Adam, I think my story's like you. You know, I've gone to church a long time. I've been around. I know the scriptures. I went to Sunday school as a kid. surrendered like what you're talking about I still feel like this pressure to try to do it all on my own I, I still feel this let me tell you something Jesus Jesus died for you so that you don't have to do it you know why because you can't it's impossible you can't please God on your own it's impossible for you we're all sinners. We've all fallen short. The Bible boldly declares that the wages of that sin is death. That's, 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 that's the penalty. It's death. You and, you and I have no hope but Christ. That because we can be in Christ, that when God looks at us, he no longer sees our mess-ups, you know, no longer sees the things we've done wrong, all the problems. God looks at us and he sees the blood of Jesus. He sees perfection. And the evidence that's against you has been wiped out because of what Jesus did. Maybe you're here today and say, you know what? I got I to give Jesus my life. I got to allow Christ to dwell in me. And you say, you know what? That's me. On Easter Sunday, I want to give my life to Jesus. Is there anyone here today? You say, that's me all over this room. Come on, just lift your hand all over this place. I see that hand back there. Is there anyone else right here, right here, right here, right here, right there? Anyone else? All over this room, you say, I want to, right there, I see that hand. Thank you. Thank you. Welcome to the family of God. Come on, these hands are just beautiful thing today. All over this room, you say, that's me. I want to give my life to Jesus. Thank you for that. Thank you for that. Anyone else? Right over here. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. You can put those hands down. I see those hands that are raised. Anybody else? All over this room, you say, that's me. On this Easter Sunday, I want God in me. I want the Spirit of God in me. It's not something that happens to me. It happens in me. God wants to come inside of you. He wants to dwell with you. Anyone else all over this room, put your hand up nice and high. I see this hand right over here, right over here. Thank you for that. Anyone else, anyone else all over this place, side to side. There's no better day than Easter Sunday to give your life to Jesus. Right back here. Thank you for that. Thank you for that. Anyone else? Anyone else? Anyone else? Oh, so many hands lifted today. So wonderful. I just want to... I just wonder if you would, those of you that raised your hand, just right at this moment, maybe look up at me. Did you mean that? 
Did you mean that all the way in the back there? Quite a few hands right over here. Did you guys mean that? Did you mean that over here? Did you meant that? There was another hand right over here, I think, someone. Did you mean that? Come on. If you meant that, I want you to do something. Would you join me down here? I want to pray with you today. All of you that raised your hand, come on down here. I'd love to pray with you today. Come on, come on. All the way in the back. Yeah, come on down here. Don't be afraid. Come on. Right over here. Come on, let's give these a big round of applause. Can we do that? Thank you, Lord. right here. Yeah, come on. Man, what a day. What a day. Easter Sunday. Easter Sunday. Oh, what a Absolutely. Absolutely. What we're going to do is we're going to... Matter of fact, why don't we all just stand to our feet? Those of you that are, have, have all the believers in the house, stand to, stand to your feet. Man, I think we got another one over here. Come on, man. This is a great day. This is a great day. We're going to pray together. That's what we're going to do. Bible says we confess our sin. All of us can do that. How, how about all of us in the room can do that? How many, how many need to confess some sin this morning? Come on. The Bible says if we confess our sin, that Jesus, he's faithful and just to forgive us. Forgive us. That's what we need more than anything is forgiveness. The only way forgiveness comes is with repentance. So we're grateful today that we can repent. We can ask God to forgive us. And because of what Jesus did on the cross, the shed blood of Jesus enables us to be completely washed white as snow. I heard something this week. It says that when, 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 when Christ forgives us, he throws our sin as far as the east is from the west. And it was interesting, he didn't say north and south, right? Because, because if you're going north long enough, if you're going north long enough, pretty soon you're gonna end up going south. So it's kind of a, it's a short-term thing. If you go south, pretty soon you're going to be going north. But he said, as far as the east is from the west, because it never stops. And you're looking at, you're looking at, you're looking at our world, and you spin it that way, you recognize the east has no end. You can, you can keep going east, you can keep going east, you keep going east, you keep going east. As far as the east is from the west, that's how far he's removed our sins from us. I'm grateful for that this morning. How about you? And so it's not something that we could do. It only can happen in the finished work of Jesus. So what we're going to do is we're going to pray. You guys ready? You guys ready? A miracle is about to happen in your life. The Spirit of God is going to come into you at this very moment. I want you to, I want you to say this prayer from your heart and repeat it out of your mouth. Say, Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner. I've made a lot of mistakes. I've tried to make it on my own. But I recognize I can't. Thank you for Jesus who came to this earth, lived in my place, never sinned, and was crucified. He willingly gave his life and shed his blood in my place. Thank you. And Lord, I thank you you rose again. Say it, I thank you that you rose again. And because you rose, I'm raised. I'm raised a new life. Old things. 
passed away, all things become new. We thank you today in Jesus' name. Lord, I thank you for every person, Lord, that's made this profession of faith, God, right now. Lord, out of their mouths, they've repented. They've invited your spirit in. Lord, you said that's all that's necessary. Anyone would call on the name of the Lord that they would be saved. And I thank you right now that these that these that just prayed, they've been added to the kingdom of God. And today we know that all of heaven is rejoicing. And Lord, we together with them celebrate, Lord, the gift of salvation, Resurrection Sunday, not just an event, Lord, but something that's happened on the inside. We've been raised to life in Christ. Lord, we thank you today for this. In Jesus' name we pray. And every Everyone said this morning all over this room come on shout amen let's give the lord some praise can we come on come on let's give the lord some praise thank you god thank you lord thank you jesus thank you god amen i want to every person you just prayed i know there's some people already talking to you but we just want to we want to just get a, we want to have a, a, a book for you called following jesus we want to help you in your journey following christ what a great great day this is amen one last let's give a big one more round of applause these wonderful wonderful people all over this room 